Well, just for a change, I thought I would uh, answer you on my Mac um, today. And I had all my headphones plugged into my Mac and everything instead of my phone. And, um, of course, for some reason, it only rang on the phone. <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is that after all these years, I no longer turn you on? Uh, you're, you are down to um, a small mobile device, yes. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. <laughs> I, you know, normally I would start, oh, I would start off by asking, are you recording? But I'm just going to assume that since you're professional, you are, right? I don't know about the professional bit, but uh, the recording is going. Okay. Well, normally uh, I like to start things off excitedly with a Scotty. 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 Except for it usually comes out as Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? So I'm going to do it that way. Okay. You ready? Scotty, 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 guess what, guess what, guess what? John, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure it'll be amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you remember how I was gloating about the fact that I finally have a friend in the ether, and you don't, so that you should be jealous? Freddie Fishstick wrote to me and, and asked questions that I would like to, to, to discuss during today's episode. Well, I, I mean, are we going to get into this, that we will, we, we're doing requests? I guess so. Come on, then. It's, it is Freddie Fishstick, after all, so um, he, he, de- he it is. for the amount of abuse he's had over his name, he deserves to have something. <laughs> I know. No, but uh, he was asking about about supporting files that are referenced in a database. Uh, you will recall that the you know the Polynome app is I think we discussed earlier on is uses core data, so it it stores lots and lots of metadata, but uh, doesn't support you know there there are no files in there. And he was looking into what it would take to support them, which makes uh, lots of perfect sense. I don't want to talk about his his new features, but. Su- Suffice to say that they would require the 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 referencing of files in a file system, and um, which are linked to a database record. And of course, I, I wrote back to him. He said, "Is this something you've done before?" And I was like, uh, "Why?" As a matter of fact, I have many many times over many many years because it's really the fundamental thing of any type of digital asset management system, or any type of photo management system, um, or any type of digital storytelling system. You combine metadata with 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 files, digital files, and so there there are a number of things to think about um, in general, and I, and I suppose some very specific things uh, related to, to, to using the, the files app and the APIs that are there. I have tons of experience with the former. I've never, I've never had occasion to, to use the latter, but I did find some, some good discussion about it, and I thought that you might be able to fill in some of those details because I suspect this is something that you guys have to think about as well. So shall I start pontificating? I think pontification is uh, ready to begin. Okay. So, uh, the thing about about databases, on the one hand, you would think, well, just store all the files in the database. And in fact, some database manufacturers try to say, oh, well, you can do that. I remember many years ago, Oracle, the king of databases, you know, uh, that made so much money charging people outrageous fees for, for, for closed source databases that they were able to build uh, stadiums in their honor. Um, it had this thing called the Internet File System, and they would just basically trick you into saying you could submit the file with, with a request with an 
insert statement, you turn it into a binary uh, file, a binary bit of data that would get sent with the request, and then they would figure out how to store it on the file system, and you would access all the files, not from the file system directly, but through the database. And after they shipped that, they realized that that kind of, you know, made it impossible to integrate with other ones, so then they, they basically added WebDAV support for, for their database so that you could mount the files portion of an Oracle database in a file system in, in across a client, you know, computer network. It was kind of weird. Uh, but I understand why they want to do it because it is a, a particular pain because you can have a record of some sort and it must reference a file and you want it there to be some integrity for it. Um, but on the other hand, databases were never meant for storing them. It just doesn't even make any sense. So you always have to store the file in a file system somewhere and there begins the the, the, the problem because whereas all the bits of data for the rest of the record, the, the date it was created, the title, the description, that's all in a single database row or in some record of some sort. And then you have to have some reference to the the outside file, and the file, of course, may go missing. It may it may not be available if it's synced from somewhere, and that's where the fun begins. So some of the things that I that I you know have have learned over the years is that you know having some type of structure to the file system makes sense in case, for instance, the database goes squirrely, and um, and that would be very important if you're doing apps like a photo manager of some sort, where um, you know if if for whatever reason you have a you know a, a, think about your iPhone photo library or your, 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 you know, any similar library, you know, all that effort you put into it. The main thing is mostly the, the pictures themselves. The metadata is, is super important. It helps you, you organize them. It helps you identify faces and places and all that kind of good stuff. But if you had to choose one that you care more about, it would probably be the digital file itself. And so you can't really make the files that you reference disappear in some place where the numbers are completely unrecognizable or the names don't have any way of recognizing no structure. So typically, you know, repository-based file systems tend to organize by things like date they were entered. Um, and then there, there, there are many, many levels of complexity that, that I can, we can probably skip over. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, you don't want to open up a folder on any file system and dump 12 million files on it. Technically, I suppose now with 64-bit file systems, you can. But back earlier in the days, there actual world were limits. And even if there there aren't, performance becomes an issue. So you don't really want to dump everything in one single uh, folder unless you don't have that many. And, and that might be the case. Um, but then the other thing is kind of do you do you store the original file name as as it was given or do you in, invent something else? And that also kind of is important because if you put a file into a repository, you want to kind of get it back out as the same file name that you, you put it in. But if you're doing cross-platform systems, that can be an issue because, you know, back in the early days of of, of Windows and DOS, you could there were different rules governing what would be an acceptable file name in, in one platform versus another? So you kind of, it, it it's not uncommon to to kind of have a normalized file name for for storing it in the in the file system that's referenced that's used by your application, but then recording in the database the original file name so that when you need to give it back or restore it, deliver it to them, you can do that. Um, and then there's also issues, which I think is even more important, and that's uniqueness of files, because you may have noticed uh, when you're sending files with uh, sending attachments, photos or something as a, using Apple Messenger app. Um, since lots of people, if you're if you're using Apple Messages app, Apple kind of determines are both parties, you know, .Mac users, and if that's the case, then you, they can save a lot of trouble by the, by virtue of the fact that. 
if you take a photo and if you have photo syncing turned on, which most people do, the photo kind of immediately starts to get synced up into iCloud services. And so then they have a reference for it. So one way that they're able to determine that the file you're about to send somebody is the same as, as the one that's already up there is, is they, they use a checksum. The checksum is a way of, of kind of making a, 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 an identifier, you know, looking through every bit of data in a particular file and making a signature for it, a type of, of a hash of it. Um, and there are different algorithms but a popular one is MD5, which is, is very easy to use. And so you can run that on a file, and then that will determine, that will give you a little key which uniquely, uniquely identifies that file. And so the next time you see another file that, that you think is the same, you can kind of run a checksum on that and compare them and know if it's the same thing. And the reason why that's useful is that oftentimes files may be referenced in multiple places. So let's say you have the same photo that's for which you it may be used in lots of different places in, in your, your application. It may be referenced as a attachment to five different things, uh, five different records of, of some kind. You really only want to store it once and make references to the others so that you, you're, you're efficient with it. But when you get into, into areas of syncing, that can be helpful as well. Um, because you can uh, y- you can you can say, hey, I already have this file up in a server somewhere. So if I'm going to transmit it or sync it to some other user of the software, which may be the same person, or you know, by reference in a message to some other person who also uses the same service, checksums are very very helpful as well. Um, and wow, that's really down in the weeds. But the, these are some of the, the issues you, you come across. And I guess one other thing that's very, very helpful is that if you have large files, particularly if they're things like video or, or, or photos, it's very, very helpful to have a little small thumbnail representation of them, which are easy to generate. So that if you are presenting a file with a, with a piece of a set of data in there in whatever way you're just looking at it, you you know you want a very easy to use reference to it. So that if you're saying like think about the photos picker, they have those little tiny thumbnails which are presented to you. You can say ah that's the photo I want. So it's much easier to to make a grid using tiny thumbnails than it would be to load all the original high res data, especially if that high res data may be on a server somewhere and not you are because you're disconnected from the internet or you're on another device. So generally speaking, if, you, if you're going to work with files in your database, you, you, these are the things to, to, to some of the, the, the important things to think about. And then as soon as you're listening to this, you know, our, our fractional listener are, are starting to, you know, absolutely have, are getting into deep REM sleep right now or are sweating hard on a bicycle in a gym somewhere in London and nodding off. But uh, these details can be very, very important. But as you're listening to it, you're thinking, wow, that's incredibly complicated. I don't want to have to deal with all that. Wouldn't it be nice if, if Apple, in their infinite kindness and love for their third-party developers, offered something? And, in fact, they do because uh, with the Files app, you have you, you, Apple has basically standardized access to arbitrary files with really the same ease with which they've standardized access to your all-precious photos collection and that there are APIs that are made available for you to, to read and write files in your app to the Apple Files app and pickers to allow people to do it so that if you want to be able to, you know, say, attach some some document, some PDF, some image, some video that, that may be on the user's device or somehow synced through Apple's files infrastructure, it's really quite easy to do. There's a very simple API and some, some plist configuration in your app, and I found a, a great link very nice tutorial explains it. We can put that in the show notes. But the last thing to think about, the thing that ties it all together is this is, again, I know something you probably struggled with, other developers have struggled with, is like Apple's app 
you know, files mechanism works really great, but it does lock you in necessarily into their infrastructure and their infrastructure really only works for Apple devices. So if you ever think you want to make your, your, your app as a, as a service, or as a platform available on other devices, then, or you, you may want to have support for other services as well, which is why this last point is how you construct a, a reference to a file that's stored somewhere you don't really want to store a direct, you know, path on on any device because it may not be valid for that. What is that same file mounted or synced to another device? So, because the same file may exist somewhere else. You may say, "Hey, I support Apple Files, but I want to offer Dropbox as an option, or maybe I want to, you know, use uh, Amazon Web Services and go use that as an option." So, having programmatic methods to be able to to generate a file path or a, a file URL or an HTTP URL to your file is very happy, is, is very helpful in that regard. And that way you could, you, it gives you flexibility to move all your file repository, all your file infrastructure used for your app from one service to another, either wholesale or piecemeal, as your users may want to, to kind of move files or have files associated from different services. So, wow, that was like almost an entire presentation's worth of knowledge about files more than you ever wanted to know. So, Freddie Fishstick, be careful what you ask. You might get an answer. Okay, so, um, firstly, I, <laughs> in, in principle, I agree with everything you've said. However, I'm now going to throw some um, some challenges to that in, in, in many ways. Sure. Um, so, let me give you an example of a problem that we have in uh, the current edition of Moneywell. This is a problem that exists before our time, Um but uh, it's uh, so um, Moneywell is a core data-based application. It uses um, uh, uh, the sort of version of core data that sits inside a, an NS document, but it's still effectively just a core data um, application. Um, and people can do attachments, and so just as you said, um, when you have a transaction, you might want to attach a, a PDF of a receipt or something like that to it. And right now, core data, uh, because you know, it's you really don't want to be storing lots of um, uh, large binary data in, in your database. Um, uh, MoneyWorld, the current version of MoneyWorld, does exactly what you said. It, it keeps the files somewhere else. In fact, it keeps them in within its own infrastructure um, uh, on the disk and references them from in the database and then you know money well when you open it up and it says there's an attachment can go off and find it and do all that stuff great makes the performance of core data still good all sort of works the problem is people see the money well document as a document so they will email it to somebody or they email it to themselves for something else but of course it won't contain any of the attachments and their version of money well on the other machine won't have a reference to any of the files because they're all on the local machine. So once you start taking the files out of um, the database, for all the reasons that you've explained, um, you create a bunch of different issues. The whole transportability of things um, happens. Uh, In fairness to the databases, equally they have got a lot better at processing binary data in the last five, ten years. Um, so I think again, I would say the uh, so for example, if you're dealing with video, which tends to be large, yeah, you don't even go there. You don't even think about it. But if you're dealing with smaller amounts of binary data, then maybe these days, um, 
storing it in your database might be possible um, uh, to do it now. But, but the key is to make sure you put it in a table where the only thing in that table is the binary data and a key. So you, um, uh, if you are attaching a, uh, a file to a transaction, for example, in the transaction file, you would have the key of the binary data and then you could look it up. That means every time you read the transaction file, you're not having to plow through the binary data um, or whatever else. It's a separate read. You're only getting when you are. So sometimes, it's particularly if you're using um, the database directly, like SQLite rather than core data, you can keep binary data in again, as long as it's, you know, within reason. So although I agree with everything you said, the, the, you know, your start point should be use file references um, in whatever else that does create transportability problems. Um, obviously, if you're using a sync mechanism, um, you know, if you're just doing iOS stuff, you could maybe keep the the um, the files on iCloud so that all the references can still work. If you if you just sync between devices, otherwise you've got to now deal with the fact that it's not in your database. So, um, I think the default should still be metadata in your database, and then um, blob data, binary data in a file system that you reference. Uh, but be aware that that comes with a whole bunch of other issues. And sometimes uh, you can get over those issues by doing what we've just told you not to do, keeping stuff in the database. If your uh, binary data you're referring to isn't unreasonable. Or would you now want to just throw stuff at me and bash me and say, you are a complete no, idiot. No, I, you I, should, I, I would never work with you ever. No, no, no. In fact, this is like a pleasant tennis match um, in that, yes, I agree with you that when you have files that are, are, are in, let's say, the rest of the find, file system, in the finder or in your files app on iOS and not directly in your document store or in your data store for your app, you can run that, 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 that issue. And the reality is you kind of, if you think about any data record, at, you know, uh, any, any collection of data, any dictionary, any response that you get anywhere, you kind of have to get down in the weeds and make the assumption that your app has to handle the fact that any key value pair, any little piece of data may go missing for whatever reason, and you have to figure out how to, to, to deal with it. That's kind of general data hygiene or defensive programming. So, you know, the the situation you described is one that, that memory miner on the desktop happened to, you know, happened across from its its first version and that, you know, people already have iPhoto, they already have a repository where they want to to reference files. And and that that exists actually on iOS as well. Like people, you know, the the main repository for your photos is the Photos app. And yet you may want to reference a photo in the Photos app and there there are two ways you could approach it. You could get the copy of copy the data out and put it wherever you want so that your your application has control over it. Or you could reference it. Now, if you do it by reference, you get the advantage of not having to have what is the same file in multiple places on the user's device. Um, but you run the risk that somebody may delete the file in the Photos app, for example, and then it's gone missing. So you kind of, if you're going to go down that path, you generally speaking need to have support for dealing with missing missing file data 
as part of a record. And so one way of doing it is is to be able to say it, it, that's another argument for having thumbnails so you can like represent what it is that you're looking for. And then if it if it if it went out of the file system where it was referenced, you could then do something cheap and cheerful like you know open up a search panel automatically on the Finder in the Mac if you're wanting and and, and say search for file one two three four five dot dot jpeg and it, it may in fact find it for you and then you could reattach it but the other thing that you could do is is you know documents on ios and 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 mac are kind of they they take the concept from the ancient next file wrapper so that what is actually a folder uh, which can have arbitrarily complicated structure where you can store your thumbnails in your database and your files but it appears as a single file in the in the file system you you could do that as well and so that's one thing that I, I used to do with memory minor documents is that you could basically have this concept of self-contained or not so that if you wanted to give your memory minor library or a subset of it to somebody else you could copy all the database records, all the thumbnails, and then gather all the files and put that in the file wrapper itself. And and it, because it's a folder, if you want to transport it easily to someone else, you could zip it. Um, and so that that is another approach you can take for for dealing with these kind of hybrid uh, database uh, records and files. I also uh, would would violently agree with you that if you can get away with storing it as a single blob in 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 a in a single table. Why not? You know, especially for things like PDFs. It's just that it's just that the tricky thing for convenience. You, you, you kind of my feeling is you have to program as if you have to support both. Because if your prog if your app is going to last for a long time and and support you know multiple use cases, you may may as well think about it a little bit now. Even if you don't implement them both, being unaware of the issues you may have down the the line, you can then decide in your product roadmap. Are you going to add these features? And if you so, if so, what would the engineering effort be around for it? But yeah, you know, PDF is a very, very compact file format and does so many great things. Um, and if you can store PDF data as, as a blob in your database and, and be happy with that, go for it. It removes headaches in the future. Scotty, 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 dare I say that for, for I, I'm almost, you know, having a heart attack here because we, we've been informative and 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 i even think accurate and useful which is so uncharacteristic for us it definitely is would you like me would you like me to go somewhere that's a little bit more inane and back to my normal self please do okay so because I'm, I'm afraid of, of offending our fractional listener okay so this this is just a little bit of um uh, a little bit of a fun and, and a trip down memory lane because um uh, we've started working on a um, doing some work for a, a new to us client, um, trying to uh, do some work on a uh, an application that um, needs a little bit of TLC. Um, right for one, obviously not going to mention who the client is or the application is in any way at all. Although it's not something that most people would know anyway. Uh, so earlier this week, we got our first access to the um, to the repo. Uh, and uh, just taking a look at it, and uh, on my screen in front of me right now at this moment is a uh, an Objective C file. With at the top, it says created by John Fox on five two o five. That is fifteen wow. years ago. Fifteen. Oh years. my god! So, um, yeah, John. I mean, you obviously can't see this, and I'm not going to show it to you. Um, but you know, how, how, what do you think? You know, 
thinking back, how what was the John Fox developer of fifteen years ago like? Do you think did did he know as much as he knows today? Was he as good as he was as he is today, or you know was he good but not as good, or was he a complete newbie? What 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 would be your thoughts if you had to think back that far? Well, I mean, the first answer is be is I'm clearly much better now, but I don't know if I could say that because I'm getting old. Um, I think that that. If I, I, I think, in all honesty, any engineer who's not horrified by code they wrote a couple of years ago has not progressed. And it's just the nature of things. But even beyond that, if I think back about what the APIs available and, and patterns would have been 15 years ago, I don't even know if that, if, if that, if, if Arc was available back then, it might have been. I can't remember. But yeah, I, I have no doubt that, that there, I have code in there that, that, I, I I have no doubt that I have code that I wrote a month ago that I would say, yeah, that's that could be much easier, much better. So I, I will definitely fall on my sword, and and probably say that I would I I would probably be horrified. How do you feel about Scott now that you're looking at it? I mean, it's nicely laid out code. It's it's good. I could say it could do with more comments, but then whose code doesn't? Um, and it's not code I'm familiar with yet. But uh, just looking through the code generally, and it's not all your code, but some of it's your code. Um, is, uh, you know, just looking back to what we would do 15 years ago. And I don't forget, 15 years ago was before I even came to the Mac. I think I came to the Mac in 2006. So this is, you know, I knew I knew nothing. I was a Windows developer when you were writing this code. So, yeah, I, I have no right to, um, <laughs> to, to make any noises of any form at all because your Mac code of um, 2005 was definitely better than my Mac code of 2005. <laughs> so at least you could sit in, in that level of smugness if nothing else. <laughs> exactly. Um, but just look, I mean, but just looking back, uh, and I think this is true of any, uh, particularly Mac applications, and older ones, um, we used to do a heck of a lot in draw rect. Oh yeah, which you just doesn't feel like we do anymore in the same way. Uh, also, obviously, things have changed, and uh, in, in, in a you know we have different ways of doing things, and um, you know better things because yes, we do we do drop down and do stuff in draw rect. Uh, yeah, regularly enough that we still know what we're doing, but it's. Um, yeah, it, it it seems to be back then with a lot of code. You everything happened in draw rect. Same well, there thing, was yeah. no layers. You yeah. had no choice. You yeah. had and you had to understand about graphics context. And that's it. So basically, although uh, I, I think it's useful going back to code this this old sometimes because we complain sometimes that the Mac doesn't move on as fast or you know AppKit doesn't move on as fast as um, uh, UIKit did. And of course, you know AppKit predates UIKit by many many years. But sometimes when you go back and, and you take a look at um, uh, code like this, it reminds you of actually, even though it may not be moving at a lightning pace, it has been improving. Uh, there has been quite a lot of stuff. In it. And you just things like layers and core animation um, in, in there. Obviously, uh, even things like, you know, back in, I mean, it wasn't until, what, 10, 10 that view controllers became part of the responder train? train <laughs> i don't know what a responder train is responder chain Stop yanking my train in um in, you know so actually and, and these things all sound like small if you were to put them out you know a bulleted list of what's changed in app kit over the um over the years it probably would seem uh quite small but actually the difference it has on development has been quite big so there we are that was my um my little bit of uh yeah, that's quite interesting that, you know, it's um, we say it's the same, but it's not really the same anymore. And there we are. And and here we are. This was created by John Fox 
in February 2005. What can one say? You must have been about 12 then? Something like that. Well, I will say one more thing. It, it also just, it, it genuinely makes me happy to know that that's something I wrote that many years ago. I presumably either still compiles or if even if it doesn't, even even if even if the code doesn't work, it got, it, it, it if nothing else, it got the project and, you know, to a point where the client was finding enough value from it that they, they keep going on to it. So, you know, yeah, we can't say what it is, but it, it does genuinely make me happy that it still exists. And the it, the client has, has was great, um, great working for them. I'm proud of the work I did with them. And I was very happy then to pass it off to someone um, who, and I think that they were probably very happy to pass it off to you and that it still lives on. I, I, I will shed a tear of, of nostalgia over this. Well, I have to be honest. I did. We did want to have a look at Git Blame and see how much, <laughs> see how much, how many changes had to be made where and when to, to the code. Cause obviously when, you know, the header only goes in the file when you create it. So this file could contain no code that you wrote. As far as I'm aware, after 15 years, it could right. have been totally rewritten. Um, but of course we can't really see much going too far back from uh, Git blame because um, this uh, project hasn't been in Git that long because it was moved from subversion and there's no history in subversion. <laughs> oh my, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Holy shit. So there we are. Remember the days of subversion. Yeah, predates GitHub. It predates, it predates, I don't I can't remember. I mean, Git was, goes back a long time, but I think Git was not used nearly as widely until GitHub came along and that became the standard. I remember reading probably the late, it was probably around 2008-ish, maybe even later, you know, there were articles beginning to come out, you know, blog posts beginning to come out um, from a few people saying how, you know, uh, we should all be looking at Git now because it's like this is this this is the new way of doing source control. Um, you know, it took a long time. So, you know, Git is so fundamentally part of almost the way everybody develops now. Um, and yet it that's, you know, 10 years ago, it, you know, everyone was on Subversion and before Subversion CVS, um, mm -hmm. or um, if you were on Windows, you were on Microsoft um, Source Safe. Is it called? Can't remember what it was called. Something like that. Um, you know, so Git is an example of a product that is just taken over the world. And I think the reason it took over the world is GitHub, as you say. You know, it's an enabling product. So, really cool. You too, dear listener, one day can in, can invent something that will be durable. There we are. So with that, John, um, we should probably uh, wrap up. We're, we're coming up to our 30 minutes. So if people want to um, thank you for your, your wisdom and your education um, or disagree with you, where should they do it? Well, you can find me on the place where all pleasant conversations take place in the world. That's Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if they want to, to, to tell you to stop being mean to me in general, or stop, you know, or to show more fealty, and or if nothing else, more, more, you know, pity for my my years of wisdom. <laughs> where might they do that? I, I, John, I have to protest here. I mean, we are at the end of February or mid February. And I think I've not yet been nasty to you this year. Well, let's keep it going. You can go then. back through our back episodes and find out if I've been nasty to you because, you know, there we are. So I, I, I reject your um, gross accusations of, 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 of misconduct. <laughs> but if anybody wants to agree with me and, and sympathize with the uh, the abuse I have just taken uh, after doing nothing, they could do that on Twitter as Mac Devnet. Or, of course, you can send us an, an email telling us both to shut the fuck up. Uh, it's 
feedback at ideveloper.co. At stfu at ideveloper.co. Something like that. <laughs> anyway. So it's, uh, it's been a pleasure to speak to you as always, John. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Everyone, can I say everyone? Yeah, because, I mean, it's even on a shared thing. They get around to it, don't they? So um, thanks, thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time, you take care. Thank you.